One's from the trailer park, one's from the farm. Rings on their fingers, no babies on their arms. Taking life with a grain of salt and lime. Living, loving, laughing, we're having a good time. Nothing too deep won't tell you how to vote. Two stand up comics with stories from the road. We're cutting up, really. All right, uh, here we are, uh, the We're Having a Good Time podcast. My name's Dusty Slay, and she is... Hannah Hogan. All right, and we're back. Uh, we're feeling very good to be here. Uh, are we feeling good to be here, or are we feeling happy to be here? I think, I think happy. Oh, I was going to say, I think we feel good to be here. We do feel good to be here. Okay. And we feel happy. Okay. So, all right, so we got a lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff happened this past week. And uh, and then we have week two of Advice to Comics. That is going to be the Becoming Better section. So I've gotten some questions from people, which is nice. Uh, i got a few questions that people have submitted. I'm going to try to answer those questions to the best of my ability without giving away things that are going to come on the series. One guy uh, messaged me, and he just asked me all questions. I don't know that he knew that I started this podcast series so he was just asking me all the questions like through the whole process and i'm like well i got 10 weeks i'm not giving that away all at once i'm trying to i'm trying to maintain a listening audience sounds like he wanted a mentor yeah but that's what we're trying to do we're being the mentors yeah this is a fellowship yes we are a small group and we've come together uh hopefully not that small i mean actually there's a fair amount of people that listen to this podcast so it's not uh it's not a tiny group. No. But it's a... It's, it's a happy group, though. It is a happy group. We have a good time, and that's what I want to do. I mean, I'm, I would rather have a fun, informative podcast than be extremely popular. Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, because I'm just trying to have a good time. I'm not trying to change the world with my podcast. There's a comic out there that I met uh, in Austin named Tim Dillon. Uh, he's very funny, and... Uh, I know Tim Dillon. I mean, I don't know him personally, but I know who he is. I know he who you speak of. Yes, but he just put out a tweet uh, uh, really uh, trashing people that give advice to comics on their podcast. Yeah. So, But uh, I get it. Yeah. I want people to know I get these things. I get it, that people are annoyed that people on their podcasts are being like, let me tell you how to do comedy. I get it. But you know what? There's also a lot of people out there that want help doing comedy. Sounds like he has a disdain for the culture because we are increasingly uh, using these mediums to reach out to people, to help people, to teach people. Right. So, I mean, you know, you got a bone to pick with comics teaching people but, about comedy. I mean, in deep, every business, people are doing that on, on the Internet. Yeah, I mean, deep down, what I want to do is uh, teach people how to live better lives, right? But I don't think people are going to listen to that yet. So I'm starting with how to be a better comic. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to get into other stuff eventually. But that's what I want. I just want people to live better, happier lives and, uh, you know, learn to, to be satisfied. That's what I think. I think that, that we're missing a lot of that. You know what I mean? People are never – and I think that applies with comedy too. I actually think this overall comedy message could be applied to any career in life. And because I think that uh, – Oftentimes, we're never satisfied with the things that we have. 
So we never, we never achieve happiness because we get something. We're always like, Ooh, what's next? Right. And it's like, we gotta, we gotta enjoy the fruits of our labor. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And let's get into the where we've been, where we're going. Where we've been, where we're going. Where they going. Where they been. Where they going. Where, where they been. Where we're going, where we've been. All right. This weekend, I went to, on Thursday, I flew to Salt Lake City, Utah, which I had never been to Utah before. I flew there and I rented a car and I drove down to Orem, Utah and uh, to Utah Valley University. Beautiful drive, beautiful mountains. Had a great time. I will talk a little bit more about it. Then I flew from Utah to San Francisco, where I did Clusterfest, a festival presented by Comedy Central. It's very exciting to be there. I'll talk more about that. And then I flew to L.A. to film a TV show called Nashville Squares. Wow. Which is like Hollywood Squares. But for CMT, so that will air on CMT. I'm not sure when. I think they're shooting ev- all the episodes now. Uh, but that's very exciting. That is exciting, Dusty. It is exciting. And, and, and I'll talk more about that. But this weekend, I am going to Hartwell, Georgia, to the Lonnie Burns uh, Fine Arts Center. I went there last year, opened for James Gregory, and I had a great time. And they've asked me to come back on my own. So I'm going down there with Aaron Weber. And I'm very excited about it. If you live in or around Hartwell, Georgia, come to the show uh, because it's uh, it's going to be a good time. It's a theater, uh, and uh, I liked it, and you're going to like it too. Oh, you've done it before. I have done it before with James Gregory last year. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was I was uh, steeping my tea as you were saying that. Yes, and then um, Sunday. I think, all right, this Friday is the 28th, so Sunday the 30th, I'm going to be going to Louisville, Kentucky. If you are in Louisville and want information on that show, just message me on any email or social media stuff, and I'll, I'll get back to you, and I'll send you the Facebook invite, because it is a more of a private kind of show, but I am, I will send you the info. I'm just not really uh, just throwing it out there. Um, I think we have a pretty good crowd coming already, so... Uh, Tickets are limited. And then this Tuesday. If you know, then you know. (laughs) Yes. And then this Tuesday, uh, I think it's July 2nd because there's only 30 days in June. Is that correct? I don't know. Tuesday, July 2nd. I'm pretty sure I am back at the Grand Old Opry. So that's. Yeah, that's July 2nd is Tuesday for sure. So that's what I got coming up. That's where I've been, where I'm going. And now a little on the road stuff. I'll get a little more into some of these things. Um, they're on the road again. Hen and Dusty are on the road again. Telling super funny jokes to all their friends. Hen and Dusty are on the road again. Yeah! First off, Utah Valley University had a wonderful time there. I, uh, I had never really done a college gig. I've done the University of Kentucky a couple of times, and that is a college gig, but, you know, people always talk about how bad college gigs are, and so I was. I was pretty nervous about it. I was like, uh, I'm not sure how this is going to go. And I was uh, co-headlining with Andy Erickson, who I've done a few things with in the past. She was a finalist in the last comic standing the year that I did it and didn't make it out of the first round. And um, I was drinking coffee. I wasn't a dramatic pause. I took a sip. And we had a great time. Uh, 
I really enjoyed it. It was a nice theater, pretty good sized crowd, especially for summer classes. And, uh, it was fun. I mean, uh, you know, that's the thing about being a comic more on the clean side is that even though I was in front of like Mormon students who, who really wanted a bit of a cleaner comedy, all I had to do was just take out a couple of jokes. I didn't have to rewrite anything. I was just like, all right, I'm not going to tell this joke. I'm not going to tell this joke. And it was great. I had a really good time. I did an hour. I They said I can do 45 to an hour. And I was like, so I can leave the stage at 45 minutes. Because if it's going bad, I want to get out of there. But it went great. And at, at an hour, I didn't want to get off the stage. I was like, I, I want to keep doing comedy. But That's great. That's joyful. It is. And then I went to Clusterfest, which, like I say, is a festival presented by. And I know this feels like I'm doing the same thing back to back, where we've been, where we're going. And now, but I'm just trying to get a little more detailed. And I did a few shows. One show was hosted by a guy named Black Thought from The Roots. Cool. He hosted the show, and uh, it was very fun. I did I did a, a lot of comedy with a lot of great comedians, but I don't remember a lot of their names because there were so many people, and the names weren't really clearly prominently displayed but there were very funny people there and on sunday i did a show i do remember this lineup because uh on this lineup i've opened for every one of these comics in the past and it i basically opened for them all on one show because i went first but uh, <laughs> uh it was uh it felt great to be included on the lineup with these comics but it was me sean Patton, uh fortune feimster Rory Scoville and Tignataro. Wow, you really have opened for all of them. I have. And I can think of all those incidences. Yeah, wow, that's interesting. So I've opened for all of them, and now, and, and so they had our Southern show out in San Francisco. Oh, they're all from the South? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know Fortune Feimster was from the South. Yeah, I don't know where exactly, but yeah, she definitely or is. Sean Patton. I don't really know much about Sean Patton. Yeah, they're all from the South. Interesting. Yeah, so that was fun and a uh, really good show. I went first, no host. So I went up in front of 800 people in a room with, to a cold open. Mm. And it was a great set. You had a good time. I had a really good time. That's fun. Yeah. And then after, did a show with Nicole Byer. It was a drinking story show where you go up and she's on the stage and a bartender's on the stage and you're supposed to share a drinking story. I had no idea what the format would be, so I was just going to tell drinking jokes. So I was not prepared, and I feel like that was my worst show of the week, but it was also still funny. I still got laughs, but it was just my worst show of the week. I was ill-prepared, but it was still funny. I revealed probably too much about myself, but it was... Uh, oh, that's good, Dusty. Yeah, yeah, it was a good it's time. It's good to be vulnerable, you know? Yeah, it's a really good time. And and then I went to Nashville Square. I went to L.A. to film Nashville Squares, and I was in a room. So there's nine squares. I don't know if you're familiar with Hollywood Squares, but there's nine squares. And uh, it was me as one of the squares, and it was John Reap, my buddy John Reap, winner of Last Comic Standing years ago, very funny guy, uh, Sarah Tiana, who did a podcast with John Reap for a while, but she's a comic. I think she is head writer for the show, very funny, uh, Bill Engvall. Uh, of Blue Collar Comedy Tour, Here's Your Sign, was on there. I sat in the green room. Me and John Reap and Bill Engvall sat in a room for a while and just talked. Dream come true for me. I mean, I was fans of John Reap and Bill Engvall before I ever started doing comedy. Now I've become friends with John, but just to hang in a room with Bill Engvall was great. I always see billboards of Bill Engvall in the middle of the country. Mm -hmm. 
And then um, the middle square was Marie Osmond. Um, then it was Melissa Peterman. Melissa Peterman was in the TV show Reba. She was the uh, the ex-husband's new wife. She's very funny. She was a main character of the show. And then there was Carson Cressley. I don't really know what Carson is from, but he was very nice, very funny. Uh, and then there was uh, Dina Carter, who sang the song Strawberry Wine. Uh, it's like strawberry. You know the song. I love how every time you say, yeah, you know the song Strawberry Wine, and then you always immediately follow it up with singing it. Yeah. But you never, you say yes, but you never actually act like you know the song. <laughs> well, I do know that song. That was a hit. Yes. That 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 superseded genre. Yeah. And then there was um uh the last square was Gary Busey. Wow. <laughs> I know, I know, right? Wow. So the nine of us are all sitting in a room getting instructions from the people. And Gary Busey is like class clown of the group. And I don't even know if he meant to be. They would tell us a little something and he would go, what? (laughs) (laughs) I can just think of his face and his big teeth. Yeah. And he has hearing aids in. He's, he's getting, he's getting older now. And, uh, and then so they would repeat things to him and then he would look around all confused and then his wife or girlfriend would, would, Either explain it to him or go, I'll tell you later. And then we would move on. And uh, and then a little while later, he would go, what? And uh, But it was very funny because, you know, no one in there is a bigger star than Gary Busey. So yeah. we can't be like, hey, dude, knock it off. So we're all like, what What should have took? Like, actually, we were we were given a little thing at the beginning to be like, hey, don't help any of the contestants cheat. If you happen to know the answer, don't help one of them cheat. And everybody was asking all these questions. And the guy was like, he's like, actually, this is very easy, guys. I, I, I This should have took me 30 seconds, right? Just don't help people cheat. And But everybody's a comedian in the room, you know? Yeah. Were all the comedians trying to be funny? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it was a good time. And, okay, uh, I hate that. And I, But I mean... Well, I would hate it normally, but I'm in this room of people that I've seen on TV for years. Yeah. And I'm like, this is amazing. How could I be annoyed with these people right now? Yeah. This is fun to be in I guess it's kind of like you're in Hollywood, you're on this TV show, time to shine, baby, I'm on the lot. Right. So, and then we got in there and Bob Saget was the host. Wow. And then the contestants, one guy was Devin something, I don't remember his last name, and that's, and then Mickey Guyton. Uh, female singer, country singer, who actually will be on the Grand Old Opry with me on Tuesday. She was another guest on the show, and uh, it was it was just fun. It was very fun. I mean, I got some good laughs in, and I hope they use my episode, and I hope they don't cut me out because it was very fun. Well, that's fun. That's a fun story. Thank you. And then I'd like to do a segment we haven't done in quite a while. Food on the road. I said food on the road. Food on the road. And the reason that I want to do food on the road, because to be honest with you, I've completely changed my diet and I barely eat anything and uh, mainly eat fruit and vegetables and fish and rice and beans. 
at the airport. <laughs> I had a real issue with a with a lady at the LAX because I just didn't want they didn't they didn't offer a vegetarian burrito, right? And I'm not trying to be a vegetarian, but they didn't also didn't offer fish, right? So I was just like, you know what? I was just like, I just want a burrito with beans and rice on it. And they were like, we can't do a burrito with just beans and rice. I said, okay, give me the chicken burrito with with no chicken, beans, and rice. And they were like, we can't do that. And I was like, listen, I'll pay for the chicken. I just don't want you to give it to me. Just give me beans and rice. And this lady was so, she was so mad at me. And then a guy behind her heard me trying to order this. And he was like, I got it. And then he came over and he was like, yeah, we can do that. We just have to charge you for the chicken. But it's like, great. So I just ate some black beans and rice and I had a good time. I'm just not trying to eat weird meat from strange places anymore. I'm tired of of going to like a place like, I don't know where that chicken's been. I don't know how long it's been there. I don't know what that chicken's been through, you know? Was the woman really annoyed that you ended up getting what you wanted? Yeah, I think so. She ended up storming off. Wow. And it's like, I wasn't even asking for anything special. That kind of sounds like something I would do. Yeah, it was just like, I just, I just, I, I realized that I can't purchase, because they, they did have the vegetarian burrito, but it also had stuff in it that I didn't want. Like, most of vegetarian stuff, I don't, I'm not into. I don't want a fake I don't want a fake hamburger patty that tastes like hamburger but's made of vegetables, right? It's like if I'm going to eat a hamburger, I want beef, right? I'm not trying to eat a weird root, uh, beetroot sandwich. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm trying to eat. I mean, it's like if I'm going to go vegetables and fruit, just give me vegetables and fruit. Don't try to church it up and make it something that it's not. Yeah. I don't want vegetables that are pretending to be meat. I had a guy that messed up eggs the other day. Did I tell you about this? You did tell me about it, but I wish you'd tell everyone else. Well, I went to a brunch place recently, and I just, it it was like sort of a fancy place, you know, it was like one of these hoity-toity kind of hipster spots with like white walls and flowers on the table. And I just ordered avocado toast and an egg on the side, scrambled egg on the side. And, and and the avocado toast was so rich. It was so rich. It just was too much. But the eggs on the side, I don't know what they did, but they put some sort of caramel cream, like they creamed the egg so that it looked like cream, first of all. Gross. And it and it and it tasted like cream and it was like creamy egg. Like there was some other ingredient in the egg. And I thought, this is this is 9 a.m. I'm just trying to eat an egg. I don't I don't want some fancy hipster dish. I want protein and something to get my day going. And I walked out of that restaurant, felt like I had cheesecake in my stomach. And I was just like, how do you mess up eggs? And, it, you know, of course, it's like $16 for avocado toast and an egg. It's probably my least favorite thing about hipster culture is when they open restaurants. It's just like... Just like they'll try to open some southern hipster restaurant, and it'll be basically fried chicken and turnip greens, but it'll cost $30 and be a tiny portion. It's like, why don't you just leave fried chicken to the regular people? Yeah, like how do you mess up eggs? I mean, honestly, I could have just cracked open an egg and put it on the cement and fried it that way, and it would have tasted better. The brunch revolution is 
really ruining a lot of things uh, with with food. It's like just give me the eggs. Yeah. Just give me the eggs. Yeah. These fancy brunch places that people like and go crazy for, it's like, they're not that good. I mean, I would have been more prepared for a dish like that if it was in the afternoon. But I'm just trying to eat breakfast. You know what place I like? I like Micah, Micah Wyman's restaurant. What's that restaurant called? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't remember, but that's a good spot. Yeah. We went there. We should go back there. We should go back there. We've only been there once. All right. And then I want to talk about this. I had, I went to, in Utah, I showed up to my gig very early and I thought I'll get there early. I'll get a little food on campus. It'll be good. But all the restaurants were closed and the theater was locked. So I called my contact and she said, well, we're all at the Applebee's, which is about a mile from campus if you want to come there. And I go... I was like, all right, well, I'm probably not going to do that, but I'll see you here. And then I realized that everything was closed. So I got in my car and I drove to the Applebee's and I showed up and there was a huge table of people from the college there. And so I sat down and this was the nicest Applebee's I've ever been to in my life. Wow. This Applebee's in Utah reminded me of the 90s back when back when Applebee's was cool, you know, and the the service was attentive. The the waiter was on top of things. He brought me refills. I ordered some salmon, some rice, some broccoli. It was delicious. I ate healthy. It was delicious. My body feels good because I've been eating well. I've been eating bad my whole life, and I've been eating well lately, and I feel good. And uh, Sounds so, like Applebee's was serving you a little bit of love on the side. Applebee's was great. And on my Instagram, I have a good picture uh, from the end that the waiter actually took, and he got everyone's attention. And that's that's one of my favorite picks that I've had pre-show. And Utah was great. I had um, I got some gifts while I was in Utah. Like they gave me a shirt from the school. And then um, I also... Got a hat. I love that hat. I got a hat from Andrew Andrew Creer. I don't know if that's how you say his last name. It's on uh, um, Twitter. C-R-E-E-R. Andrew Creer. Sorry if that's wrong. But he gave me a hat. He gave me the hat off his head. Wow. That's some... That's some old-fashioned Americana. Yeah, he said, I love that hat, but I had such a good time at your show. I want to give you this hat. That's a high compliment, Dusty. Yeah. and I, That's, that's what, really fun. That's why I want to give him a shout-out and apologize if I pronounce his name wrong. But uh, I think Creer sounds right, because if you put a G instead of a C, it'd be Greer. Yeah. And we all know that that's a last name we're familiar with. Yeah. But it's a hat with a wolverine on it that w- looks a bit like a wolf. So it's right up my alley. And also, when I was growing up, my brother-in-law, uh, he went to University of Michigan, and he brought down a lot of Michigan shirts with him. And so I used to wear a lot of Michigan shirts, and Michigan is also the Wolverines. So it's all fitting into the brand, and I was very excited by it. you have anything that you'd like to add, Hannah? No, I, I like how you just stealthily switched your empty coffee cup with a full glass of water. Yes. All right. You're really organized. And this was, this question came from uh, someone on uh, Instagram, I believe. And he said that, you know, last week uh, we talked about shorting, shortening a joke, but I didn't explain how to shorten a joke. 
and he's wondering, he said, because he's been writing stuff and his, his, his jokes are a little wordy and he wants to know how can he shorten it down. And, um, you know, I don't know that there's any real clear path to how you edit. Now, maybe you can add something here, but I'm going to say that what my advice would be would be to physically write it down with a pen and then say it out loud. Take it on stage, say it out loud, and then just figure out stuff you don't need. There's details that you don't need. In my flea market joke that I do on the Tonight Show set, I had a part in there where I would say, the lady says, uh, I can't think. And I think that's hilarious. I still think it's hilarious. And I had a real breakdown of what that means. Like, I can't think, not I can't think right now, not I'm having trouble thinking. I can't do it. I just can't think right now. I just can't think. And uh, when I was, uh, when the, uh, Michael Cox of The Tonight Show was helping me shape my set, he was like, why don't you take that part out? And I liked that part, so I resisted it. But once I took it out and did the joke on stage, I was like, wow, this is actually a better joke now. It's tighter. So I would say just don't fall in love with parts of the joke and allow yourself to 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 lose some things in an effort to make it shorter called word economy make every word count make every word make sense what do you think hannah yeah i think john mulaney's really good at brevity if you yeah. want to study someone that has really fantastic word economy and really funny john mulaney's sort of the king of that yeah, John Mulaney and also the one-liner comics. Rodney Dangerfield, Mitch Hedberg, Todd Barry, Stephen Wright. All of these guys, I mean, when you're a one-liner guy, most of the time, every word does matter. So listen to what they do because it's all about when delivering that punch, you want the funny word to be the last thing you say. Does that make sense? Oh, Yeah. Like, you don't want to say your funny line and then have things that follow it unless those are tags. And it, and with the tag, what you want to do is you want to say your funny line. You want to wait for laughter. Even if the laughter doesn't come, pause, wait for it. Sit in the silence because, you know, if, you, you know, if, if your joke is bad, you need to know that it's not working. And the only way to know that it's not working is to be quiet for a second. I've seen comics that come out loud and fast. And you don't know if they're getting laughs or not. And a lot of times they seem like they're doing better than they are because they never stop. Yeah. There's a couple comics that are so loud on the mic that it's at, at, at first you think they're crushing because there's some people laughing in the audience basically because they're getting bullied into it. But it's really bizarre because they're just they're yelling so much that it's you can't even really make heads or tails out of the actual reaction of the room because they are overpowering mm -hmm. the energy. All right. So this is, I agree with you. So, but as a soft-spoken comic, I've become a little louder and a little faster over, over the years because I watched some old videos of mine from like 2015. Actually, when you went with me to open for Ari Spears in Kansas City, I was watching that video, and I was like, wow, I was very slow-paced. Yeah. So I've really picked it up. I told you to. Yes, you did. So here we go. This is week two, and I've titled it Becoming Better. At this point, you've gone from never doing comedy to doing it. If not, then just listen to the last episode again and continue to write and know that eventually you'll have to get on stage and grab hold to the microphone. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. I've written this down. Yeah. That's why it sounds like this it. Way. I like it. But it's like, that is true. I mean, like at this point, you should have done it because you listened last week. And it's like, uh, so, you know, if you haven't, just keep listening to that first episode and figure out your jokes and get ready. Shorten, tighten, make it happen. For everyone else, congratulations, you've done it. You got on stage and put yourself out there. You took a chance and you were vulnerable. Be proud of yourself. Sit down in a chair without music, without TV, without your phone, and just contemplate what you've done because it is hard. It is hard. Some say the hardest part is getting on stage, but I completely disagree. Wow. Because there's still lots of work to be done. This is the beginning of a long and rewarding journey. Do you like this? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen you read anything yeah. out loud yeah. out of something that you've wrote. Well, I'm into this. <laughs> I wrote this. I uh, wrote two weeks, and I had to stop myself because I didn't want to get too far. Ahead. I know. You came home, and all your notebooks were full, and I thought, what happened to him? I know. He'd be I, reading and writing out I had, there. Honestly, I had, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I did seven flights. This week. Ugh, that's gross. I know, it is gross. All right, now that the first time is over, it's time to evaluate what happened. Be honest with yourself, but don't judge yourself too hard. It's okay to say that didn't go well, but it's not okay to say I suck or this is too hard or I can't do this. Do you understand that? It's okay to say it didn't go well. Not okay to say it never will go well. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's okay to say that went really well, but it's not okay to say I'm the greatest or this is easy or I'm going to be famous. You got to block all those things out. All you need to know right now is did it go well or didn't it go well? The reason you can't say those things is because those things will not help you get better. All of those things like I'll never be good at this or I'm the greatest. That's not going to help you get better. Comedy is about consistency, and everyone can have a good set, and everyone will have a bad set. The key is to figure out how to be good most of the time, rarely bad, and sometimes great. This is why you must be honest with yourself. Ask yourself this. At your first show, or if this is not your first show, how many people in the audience were comics and how many were regular people? My goal is to always make the regular audience members laugh and then the comics. Both are important, but the regular people first. Comics have a weird sense of humor, and if you're making them laugh and not the regular people, then you will struggle to do real shows for paid audiences. Stop me if any of this is not making sense. No, I agree. The average 9-to-5 worker may not get the same obscure reference that the comic will get. But making friends with comics is important. Ultimately, if you're going to be successful at comedy, then it's going to take up a significant portion of your time, and comics are your co-workers and your friends. My first three years in comedy, I did open mics and partied with comics. I bonded over jokes, over successes, and over failures. I would show up to work hungover with a smile on my face, knowing that the night before, I entertained people. I had a passion for comedy, and after 11 years of doing it, I still have that passion. 
That's fun. I like to think of you getting wasted and doing comedy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will say this. You don't have to party to bond with comics. I've been sober for seven years, and I have lots of comedy friends. Patience is so important. I cannot stress this enough. This will be one of the most important things to you throughout your comedy career. I'm going to tell you now. Uh, I'm going to tell you now how I've always made friends in the open mic scene. Oh. Because this is this is what I think is important. This is why I'm saying this, right? Because it's very important to make regular people laugh. But if you're going to be sitting in open mics, and you will be, if you're getting on this comedy journey, you're going to be sitting in open mics from now on. Now, you may not be the greatest comic but you're going to want to make some friends. You're going to want to, you know, you don't want to come in too strong like, I'm new. I'm doing comedy. You know, you want to just be a normal person. But oftentimes, I don't know. I don't want to get ahead of myself because I've written a lot of things down. you like Trump right now. You're going off script. Uh, so I'm just going to read what I've wrote. And I'm going to repeat this again. I'm going to tell you now how I've always made friends in an open mic scene. What comics need most is people to tell jokes to. And as a new person in comedy, you will be that. You'll be the person they can tell jokes. If an open mic starts at 7.30, show up at 7. Sign up. Go where the host tells you to go in the lineup. Don't make demands or even request a specific spot in the lineup. If you're asked to go first, go first. If you're asked to go last, go last. You are new. You are in no position to make demands. There will be times when you go last, and by the time you get on stage, the once-full bar is now empty. There will be times when you have to get up early for work. But remember, no one is asking you to do comedy. No one owes you anything. You don't have to sit in the front row, but sit close. Be seen sitting close. Prepare yourself to hear things that you've never heard before. Don't worry, soon you will become desensitized <laughs> Listen to the people on stage. Don't be on your phone. Don't work on your set at the venue. Be ready when you get there. Great. Compliment the other comics. Genuine compliments. Don't be generic and say good set. Find something specific that you liked and say that. Like, I really like that joke about cats. People love real compliments. Don't be a creep about it. Don't compliment people in a weird way. Don't tell a female comic that you like her joke about banging a lot of dudes, even if it's a great joke. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Does this make sense? Yeah. I say compliment people, but people, if 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 they hear you, if 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 um, if someone hears you be instructed to compliment people, they think now your compliments are fake. But what I'm saying is, I learned to compliment people at a certain a guy, the guy I used to work for. Uh, named Stu Barber, a former Buffalo Bills player. Uh, he was a 70-year-old man when I started working with him. And we would sit in his truck, and he would smoke cigarettes, and he would just give me all kinds of life advice. And I was telling him that I liked this girl, and I wanted to compliment her, but I felt a little weird about it. And he said, just get in the habit of complimenting people. He said, just compliment people all the time, and then when you want to compliment a woman, you're not going to be weird about it, and you're not going to feel uncomfortable about it. He's like, just say nice things to people. People love compliments. So I think this is just a good thing in life. 
but you gotta be, you gotta be not a weirdo and not a, and not generic about it. Like you don't compliment, like if a woman has, you know, huge boobs, you don't go, love that shirt you're wearing. You know what I mean? Like even if you like the shirt, compliment her hat or her shoes. You know what I mean? Uh, and if you, and compliment dudes, if you're a dude, uh, if you're a straight dude, don't be uncomfortable complimenting another dude. It's okay. And I think, I think it's important because as a comic, I like to hear compliments about my set. We all do. So, but great set is fine. I don't mind that either. I don't mind people saying, hey, you're really funny. I really enjoyed your set. I don't mind that. But when someone has a specific compliment, that feels like, hey, you actually listened to me. You didn't just come up and give the generic response. You actually listened to what I had to say, and then you found something that you liked and you complimented it. So if you're showing up to the open mics on time, not complaining, sitting close, laughing, and then going up to comments and complimenting their jokes, they're going to be like, I like having that person around. Yeah. And if you're one of those people that finds it difficult to find anything redeeming about anyone, uh, because you're in a constant state of competition or bitterness, um, maybe start by complimenting yourself every day. And because I can only assume if you find it hard to see the light in other people, you probably don't see it in yourself. So start with yourself, start telling yourself how good of a job you're doing. And then you're probably more likely to see the good things other people are up to. Absolutely. And just in general, like if you live in an apartment complex and you run into the general manager in the elevator or on the thing, say, hey, I really appreciate what you guys are doing around here. Uh, even if you don't, uh, you know, like well, that's disingenuous. That is disingenuous. But a situation like that might make the person feel good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like a situation like that is like, hey, this is great. I mean, it's going to help you. Uh, I guess if you hate the apartment complex, maybe don't. But like when me and Hannah used to travel and we would use Ignite Hospitality, which is still a great service. Uh, we just don't use it as much anymore. I still use it. Okay. Uh, and we would stay at a hotel and, and there were things that we didn't like. Uh, we just didn't mention those things in a positive review, you know, because we would just find the things that we did like. All right. So back to this. Be seen being a good audience member. Don't try to make friends. Focus on being polite and funny. When I do a new open mic, I barely talk to people until they've seen me be funny. Once you're known as a nice, respectful, funny comic, people will come to you. Don't expect to make friends on the first week. Don't expect to be the most popular guy right out of the gate. Give it some time. Be seen. Let it, let them be familiar with you and be familiar with you being a nice, polite, funny person. This is an important note for comics that want to work clean. Uh, don't ever mention being clean. Most people won't notice, but if you tell people you're going to be clean, they will hate you. Maybe not hate you, but they'll make fun of you. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like the the guy that doesn't drink. People are like, "Well, he thinks he's better than me." Right. My friend, uh, my friend, uh, and this was years ago, so I'll use his name. But my friend Vince Fabra from Charleston, uh, I was talking to him about doing clean, one, being clean one time, and and he went up after another comic in Charleston who was super dirty. And got a lot of laughs. And Vince, who's very funny, went up and said, uh, uh, he said, yeah, I noticed you guys really liked the the last comic, but now i got a couple of clean jokes for you. (laughs) And then he completely bombed. (laughs) And uh, it's like, don't 
<laughs> don't ever. Ew, yeah. Why would you tell the audience? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I thought you were just talking about comedians. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, you don't see Nate Bargatze go on stage. Uh, hey, folks, uh, just going to do a little bit of clean comedy right now. Right. That's what I mean. Don't label yourself a clean comic and don't tell the audience you're about to do clean comedy. Just do it. And uh, and don't offer any advice or joke ideas when you're new. Even if it's amazing, remember you are new, right? So that's important. You go, yeah, and if you're a woman, don't offer any joke advice to any male comedian because most of the time they – they don't respect you. Well, that's your note and not mine. But um, well, I'm. This is full of sarcasm. Okay. But. Okay. Well, I just I don't want to confuse sarcasm with with the real advice. Even if you to try get. to say a joke, they're like, we don't. No. no listen. All right. All right. We let's, don't understand that. Let's do that at another time if because okay. this is making it confusing. Sorry. But I, all right. So I'll just repeat that. Don't offer any advice or joke ideas, even if it's amazing. Remember, you are new. Right, so just just keep it to yourself for now. You can write it down in a book after you've been there for a while. Then give them the advice. But chances are, people, uh, you know, they don't respect advice anyway. I mean, there's people out there that probably don't like that I'm doing this right now, telling people how to make friends and telling people how to do comedy. But Tim Dillon is gonna just come for you. Nah, but uh, I, I I think he could care less, honestly. But but my point is, I want people to have a better, happier experience in comedy. Uh, don't expect to get booked on the showcases around town. Don't expect anything. Just focus on getting good at comedy. All things will come in time. If you have expectations for other people and they aren't met, then you will become resentful and bitter, and it will ultimately lead to you writing something passive-aggressive on Facebook. Whoa. Yeah. You know what I mean, though. Yeah, sure. Because you, you, you come into the scene... And and you think, all right, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get booked right away, and then you don't get booked, and then you start to go, well, well you start to say, well, this scene's really clicky, or or this is happening, and a lot of scenes can be clicky because those people have been in the scene for a while and they've become friends, um, and then you you know you're the new person, so it's important to just just remember these things, be be working on your jokes all the time. Be working because because all of this advice, it can't be about how to become a better comic necessarily because a lot of becoming a better comic is just working on your material, writing your jokes, editing your jokes, practicing saying them, being at as many open mics as possible. This particular advice here is how you're going to make that time you spend at open mics uh, more enjoyable. All right, and that leads me to social media. My advice when you're new, don't create a fan page. Don't change your job to stand-up comedian. Don't send a friend request to everyone in the scene. Be patient. Practice getting good at comedy, and people will come to you. Now, obviously, I mean, me and Hannah talk for a bit, and you know, this can be different for everyone. Experiences can be different for for women, for people of different races, for, you know, different, uh, you know, whatever, everybody's experience can be different. So, um, you know, and Hannah has had a bit of a different experience than me with some of this stuff. That's why my advice is, is my advice from my own experiences. And I, I can't, you know, tell you everything that's going to happen for you. I mean, this is just my advice. Uh, this is stuff that's worked for me. 
This is stuff that's been helpful for me in the past. And that's why I want to share it uh, with people because what I want is for you to go, be able to go out, get on the scene, and have a good time. Because even if you're not uh, able to take comedy and, and, and become a career, you can at least have a fun time and enjoy being a part of the scene. Even if you keep your full-time job forever, uh, you can – Enjoy having these new comics as your friends. And I think going in with a good, respectful attitude and and realizing your place and your place at the beginning, as with most jobs, your place at the beginning is at the bottom. And you work your way up. And depending on how good you are and how nice you are and how respected you are, that's how fast you're going to move up. I mean, if you go up to your first open mic, you're nice to everyone there, and you're hilarious, you'll probably be booked on a show next week. But don't expect that. Have no expectations. And always remember that it's important to get better at comedy all the time. And it's important to be nice to people. It's important to be nice to your wife. And uh, (laughs) Because, you know, me and my wife do this podcast together, and sometimes, uh, sometimes it gets out of hand. And uh, and then we end up not being happy with each other by the time it's over, and you know, and I don't want to come across in in this thing that I'm doing as preachy, because I just am fired up about it. But I'm not being preachy. You you do things the way you want to do them, and you find your own way to do them. Hannah had pointed that out earlier: is that you need to find your own way to do it, and that is true. You just I'm just trying to give some guidelines. Uh, because I've been in open mic scenes and showcase scenes and different kinds of scenes for a long time, and I've seen people do it wrong. I've seen people come in and expect, 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 and then end up leaving with their feelings hurt, and they don't gain any friends out of it. At the very least, getting onto the open mic scene is a good way to make some new friends. Uh, So, and at most... You become a working stand-up comedian, and it becomes your job. Um, but it all starts at a place, and it starts with you finding friends and enjoying being a part of the scene. Hannah, what music have you been listening to this week? We'll be riding wild fire. Um, I was listening to a Charles Bradley. My friend Emily Dore suggested him, and he's got an album called, I think, Changes. It's really good. It's um, kind of funky blues. It's really good. Um, yeah, go to that album and then do the first track, God Bless America. It's got a fun little twist. Hello, this is Charles Bradley. You got to wait for it. It's going to be like a minute oh, or two. Brother. That came from the hard licks of life That knows that America is my home America, you've been real, honest, hurt, and sweet to me But I wouldn't change it for the world Just know that all the pains that I've been through It made me strong To stand strong that know America represents love for all humanity and the world, I say it from my heart. 
That was the song. This is the next track. Oh, is that the next track? Yeah. Okay, I always thought it was one track. I thought it was like a fun little twist on God Bless America. Okay, no, that's the uh, that's the next track there. Okay. Good to be back home. Oh, well, it's a good song. Too. But that is a good good album. I listened to a little bit of that, too, uh, on my way home, and I, I enjoyed it a lot, too. Yeah, it's got a good funk, too. Yeah, and um, I've been listening to just a lot of George Strait. I've really been, I just, I mean, I, I don't mean to just be so predictable in what I'm listening to, but... This this song here off the straight uh straight from the heart album uh I've been listening to this song a lot talking to in LA. It's just such a good song though. It makes me suspicious about the activities in the It's just a good song. I mean that's that's it. I mean it's just a good song. And also on this song is uh album is like Amarillo by Morning, Foolhearted Memory. Very good. And I've been listening to a lot of Alabama since working with them. When I worked with them um, on stage, they said that this was the perfect country and Western song, which I thought they were just kind of making a joke about the song, uh, You Never Even Call Me By My Name. Uh, but it's, uh, well, now that, uh, uh, oh, Why Lady Why is a good one.
So, very good. I mean, a lot of people just think of Alabama for for a few, um, um, you know, they got some rocking hits about the South and whatnot, and and uh, but uh, and 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 that song about George Strait is not one of his big hits, and that's why I just think it's uh, I think it's a great. I mean, and um, I don't know, I love it. That's fun. What's some comedy you've been listening to? Oh, I haven't been listening to comedy. No comedy. No. I don't think I've listened to any. Actually, I listened to John, a couple of John Reap's albums. Oh, that's a lie. I, I listened to John Christ album. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Talk about it. Um, well, I don't know. I listened to him on Spotify. Um, I think it was something he released a couple of years ago. And I, I feel like I, I've definitely seen John in short spurts, but I've never seen any of his big theatrical shows or anything like that um, that he's doing like across the land. He's like the Christian Kevin Hart. Um, but I listened to his album and oh, the album, I got questions. I got questions. Yeah. It was really funny. I mean, I knew John was funny cause I talked to John and he's super funny to talk to. Um, but he was also way edgier than I thought he would be. I guess I, I didn't know what to expect, but he wasn't, I think that's why he's seeing such great success. Cause he's not like, I don't know. I don't mean to throw all Christian comedians under the bus, but he's certainly not lame. Like he he he's not afraid to go there, you know. Yeah, well, I agree. I mean, he um he definitely appeals to an audience that uh has uh historically not had the best comedians. Like, and I don't mean to criticize either, but uh there's a few uh Christian comics that I know that are very funny. Um but I mean, John was able to do it in a way with his videos and viral success that he took advantage of today's technology and also uh, appealing to a crowd that uh, doesn't always have people trying to appeal to them. So, yeah, I, I he's think he's really talented. And I'm going to do a few shows with John later yeah. in the year. And I'm excited about that. I, he had me on the poster that it seems a little confusing as if I'll be on the entire tour, but I'm only going to do four dates. Um and it, you know, if you if you also follow John Christ and want to know what those dates are, I um, I'll be well. I may have deleted it. It's on October, wasn't it? Yeah, I had. Oh, here we go. I'll be uh, October twenty fourth, twenty fifth, twenty sixth, and twenty seventh. I'll be in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Davenport, Iowa, Burbanias. I don't know. That's definitely not right. But Illinois and Rockford, Illinois. So I'll be with him on those shows, those four dates. So that'll be fun. Maybe more, but that's for sure. Right on. Yeah. So that's exciting. And I've been listening to, I listen to John Reap's albums. Uh, he has Ginger Pain is his new album on Spotify. Very funny. Uh, How new is it? That's this year. Oh, okay, cool. Just put that out this year. And John Reap's very funny. And I, I worked with him. You know, again, this week on Nashville Squares, and that was exciting. And I hope that this episode of Comedic Advice has been helpful to you. I mean, I know that if you're probably a comic, if you're a comic who's been on the scene for a while and you already know how to make friends, or, <laughs> then you probably thought this was stupid advice. But there are people out there who have trouble making friends and who have trouble navigating their way through comedy. And I just hope that you do enjoy it. And we have next week coming up. Uh, you know, week three. So I've already written week three. Week three, and I'm season 
too. And Yeah, and I'm excited about it. But as I've said, I want to do a 10-part series. So some of this advice will seem like, well, that's not advice at all. That's not helpful to me. But if you're past it, then it's not going to be helpful to you. But for the people who, who, who are not past that level, it is helpful to them. And I, so I'm just trying, like my week one to week two may not be just two weeks for you. That could be 10 weeks for all I know, from you starting to do comedy to getting to it. But, but I'm just trying to kind of guide you along. So, you know, in, in, in 10 weeks of doing a series, I want to take you from what it's like to never doing comedy to being a professional working comic. You're not going to achieve that in 10 weeks, but that's how I'm having to break the series down. Unless you do a viral video. Unless you do a viral video and then it can be done. But if you do a viral video then or book a TV show, then you don't need any of this advice. Anything else to add, Hannah? Nah. Well, thank you. We're having a good time.